welcome back to Brick City. This is the real Charlemagne, your host. Uh, today we we got a special guest, special family. They've been through a lot. But before we get to them, I want y'all to go ahead and hit that like, share button, or um, and follow me on all platforms, which is YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, I got TikTok. Yeah, I shouldn't be up there, but I'm there. And then, um, you know, go follow me on our podcast and also on Spotify. You see, you can listen to this show. But today we have the Moses family, breast cancer survivor family. We got April and Charles. Uh, April, I went to school with her, small town called Aiden, high school Aiden Rifton. I'm <laughs> just me- recently meeting Charles. Uh, they they have a, a good story. How y'all doing out there? We're doing, doing good. Great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. Can't complain. So, uh, Charles, you look, I like to introduce the man first, the man of the house. Charles, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your journey. Don't give too much yet, but just a little bit about your journey with April and, and her dealing with the, the breast cancer. Okay. Well, I am a postal carrier. Um, for United States Postal Service. Um, me and April have been together now, going on, going on about five years now, mm-hmm. in which we've um, been dating, as you already know, with the, you know, with the breast cancer, um, going through that. Um, strangest thing, that our, you know, our families have been best friends for years, and we had no clue of each other until after, you know, my marriage was over, her marriage was over, and then it has happened to be where we meet up. Mm-hmm. It's it's so ironic that, you know, her mom and mama are like best friends, and I had no idea that yet she had a daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, she didn't know anything about me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I knew her dad, and I preached at her dad's church. Mm-hmm. So, Still never seen April. Wow. Something. It's crazy because his parents actually went with me with my first husband to Jamaica for two weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the family and we never knew about each other. Never crossed paths. Never mm. This was a myth at the time. Mm-hmm. The things that I go through and had to experience same way things she had to go through and experience so we'd be right for each other. Right. And I'm right. made it um as you go into into our story even more powerful because if it happened prior or sooner than what it did, I don't think we would have been, you know, able to support each other and give each other what we needed. Mm-hmm. But after experience in life, it made us even more stronger to um get the support that's needed. And to stand there beside it, you know, as a spouse, to stand there and make sure, hey, we're not going to leave until we leave together. Right, right. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Now, April, how you doing? Let's t- tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And um, when were you diagnosed? Okay. Um, I'm April Daniels Moses. I'm 44. I'll be 45 in December. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer. April the 23rd of 2021. Um, My mom 
was also diagnosed at the age of 42. Um, she told me the day after I graduated from high school in 97. But we were told that it wasn't through genetics. And so chances of us getting cancer were very slim. So I really didn't think that I could get cancer. And um, what was happening is once I met Charles and uh, do they know you by Keith or Charlemagne? Charlemagne. <laughs> Charlemagne. I'm very stubborn and I'm very opinionated and I really don't listen to people. But when I started dating Charles, he's so easygoing mm -hmm. and um, it made it hard for me to be as tough as I normally am. He actually softened me where I would listen to people. And mm -hmm. so doctor told me I had to go get a um, breast exam. I told him, I said, I'm not taking off work to go do that. I ain't going to that mess. I ain't got cancer. And mm -hmm. so uh, I was adamant I wasn't going. And mm -hmm. he actually took off work. At this time, he was working for Cumberland County in um, Fayetteville okay. down there. And mm -hmm. so I, I'm not going. And I was, I was really stubborn. And so he <laughs> put up and he said, you're going, let's go. And so I went and got the exam. And um, it just so happened is the day that they called me and told me that I had to come back for a biopsy is the day that um, D passed. Okay. And so I'm trying to help Terry with that. And they sent me for a biopsy. And a week later, the results came back that I had breast cancer not in one but both breasts wow. and the cancer I had was um her two positive meaning mm -hmm. that it was extremely aggressive mm -hmm. and the doctor said if I had waited until November um I would have been dead because it was just that aggressive and so I I say all the time God brought Charles at the right time because right. if I hadn't fallen in love with him and, and softened myself. Nobody would have been able to get me to go to that doctor's appointment. And it would have been nothing they can do after November. And so um, what started off with at ECU with me thinking it was just a lump in one breast and mm -hmm. and um and my my ductal area in the other, no, I had four lumps wow. in one, one the size of a line. Wow. And so ECU missed all of that. I, we didn't even find this out until I got to Duke when I was trying to have my surgeries. Right. So if I ever switched to Duke, I probably would be dead because ECU didn't see any of that. Wow. So, um, wow, that's, that's definitely powerful right there. So with that, what initiated the initial exam for you to say, hey, it might be something going on? Might be it's something a little different. Why do mm -hmm. I need to go to the doctor? What what was that initial exam like? I mean, what what initiated it in yourself to say I need to go to the doctor? Oh, I I normally go every year to okay. um to the doctor, but I never had had a mammogram before because okay. in my my mama said, oh, it's not hereditary. So I was like, I don't do anything. I don't I don't drink. I don't smoke. <laughs> right. I walk every day. So, I, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to live healthy. So there's nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And um, 
when I went, they took my blood and my my blood um which was high, extremely high. But my mm -hmm. doctor didn't my numbers was off. She just told me to go and get a breast exam. Oh. So I knew and but she didn't tell me my numbers was high. So she just said, I, I need you to go get a breast exam. And I was mm -hmm. like, What? And she said, You had one before? I said, No. She said, Yeah, I'm gonna send you for one. And she said it casually. I guess mm -hmm. not not to alert, not to startle you too much, yeah. Right, and so that's why I told Charles I was like, I ain't going. And I said, <laughs> no, and so I was going off. I feel great. I feel fine. Yeah. Nothing was wrong. Just a little sleepy sometimes. Right, and so and so saying something was wrong. I literally had not one symptom. My nothing changed with my breast. You couldn't feel because mm -hmm. they were so couldn't feel any of the lumps. Mm. I never they never were hurting I, right. I had no signs got you oh so so Charles so it's like you was you know I'm glad look I'm <laughs> glad that you <laughs> was able to persuade her I've been knowing this young lady a long time and yeah I've seen the, that 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 stubbornness right. and um day of <laughs> he said I'm not going in I said, yes, you are. <laughs> right. And then, because that was, you know, we all know COVID was going on. Right. You know, COVID precautions, you know, couldn't have the extra people couldn't be in the place. Mm -hmm. So I said, you wait out here. You can go in. Right. And I'm going to out, outside of this parking lot until you come out. Okay. Okay. And eventually she said, all right. And she went in. <laughs> I guess they hushed me up. Right, right. And that <laughs> she did. Because right. we were never. Yeah. So so when she's going getting all these results back, emotionally, how's that weighing on you? Because I already know how it could be detrimental to the person that receiving that information. But from your standpoint, how was how was that affecting you mentally? Because you know, like I said, a lot of times you say you say the C word, you automatically, unfortunately, that's the way our mind works. We we automatically put somebody in the grave, honestly. Just just being realistic. So how did yeah. how did maintain and handle that process when you're getting this information from me? Well, considering I was present with her when she got the phone call and when I was getting the results, it was very hard. Mm -hmm. But like I told April, we were brought together for a reason. Right. And a lot of times we don't know the reason until after we experience something and then we look back on it and say, you know what, that's the reason why we were together. Right. Or that's why certain things didn't work out the way we wanted to work it out, or certain things had to work out a certain way. Um, I told her from the very beginning, you know, I said, God put us together. I said, you know, I don't know why, but He has a plan for us. Mm -hmm. That we would have seen, we seen each other before then. Right. Because literally, I've been like 40 years, they would have seen each other. I would have seen her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I've up the eight plenty of times. Right. Like, I said, I, I preached at her daddy's church several times, mm -hmm. and I've never seen this girl. Right. <laughs> I actually had seen her, her two sons before I saw her. Wow. Mm -hmm. And had no idea that this beautiful woman was there in Asia under wraps. <laughs> Look, waiting on you, right? <laughs> a meter. Yeah. And I really feel that God had prepared me mentally. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you come out of a, a horrible divorce. Right. 
you get a tough skin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the time hearing that bad news, I heard almost the worst news you ever could hear mm-hmm. during the breakup that I was a little, I guess, more calloused. Gotcha. It didn't, didn't phase me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm making a decision of what I'm going to do after I heard the news. Right. How am I going to respond? Mm-hmm. And because I knew God put us together, my decision was, you know what? I'm going to be here with you to the end. Gotcha. I'm going to go with you to wherever appointments you got to go to. Mm-hmm. And to tell you, I took off work, even went to the whole FMLA paperwork with my job, so I could be off anytime she needed. If she didn't feel well, all she did was give me a call, and I left. Right. And I would drive. Cause, you know, I was living in February time, so I was driving close to two hours. Right. Come to, you know, to check on her. I did whatever she had to do. You know, and I was there every weekend to make sure she was all right because you know what, the ball was already rolling. Mm-hmm. I was going to go ahead and grab, you know, about say the bull by the horns, right? And, <laughs> or it's going to drag the way it wants to go. Right, 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 right. So, April, you know, knowing that you had the support, and then mm-hmm. now you're getting the news, and how, psychologically, how did that affect you initially? You know, when you got the news about breast cancer and then the type of cancer that you had, psychologically, how did that affect you in, in the initial shock and, and everything? Can you just share a little bit? It, look, I, look, don't get too emotional, but I know it's tough, but you could, you know, it's okay. <laughs> um. Well, the thing when, you know how you, they have my chart. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they didn't want to tell me I had cancer. Everybody going it on somebody else. This person didn't want to. I got it with them. so I kept saying something is wrong. There's a reason why none of these people want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I opened up my chart and they messed around and put it in there before they told me what was going on. And I happened to see it. And I went back 10 minutes later and it was gone. Wow. And I was trying to screenshot it and show it to my mom and say, Mama, this is saying I got can't. This is what it's saying. And so Ma said, maybe they took it out for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. wait for me. Being so, I was like, I'm not waiting for a doctor. Somebody <laughs> gonna talk. <laughs> I finally got a doctor on the phone and she said, I, I did not want to tell you this. And she told me that I had breast cancer and not one but both breasts. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, the first thing I thought was, oh God. Mm-hmm. I'm crying. Mm-hmm. How in the world did this happen to me? I don't bother nobody. I try to stay to myself. I don't drink. So I'm going through, God, I have done all the stuff that you've asked me to do. I have changed my life completely around. Right. Why, why now when I'm on this good track? Mm-hmm. And before I can even get myself worked up to think any more back, like any more negativity. God said, I didn't put you through this. This isn't a curse. This isn't something you you like that you did that was wrong. I need you to go through this so that you can help other women go through this. He said, so this test is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. This test is going to be rough. But mm-hmm. when it's over, you're going to be able to tell women how to get through this story, how to get through this test in this valley. And once I heard that, no negativity was I accepting. Um, 
And I'm talking about, they try to hit me with negativity. Every time we turn around, they was hitting me with something different. Because I got diagnosed with diabetes the same day I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. Yeah, so they hit me with two things at one time. And so oh, wow. um, my mom was angry because she thought, why is my daughter going through this? Mm -hmm. the same, did I do this? Was it really me? You know, and they did a genetic test and they said it still isn't genetic. So, wow. um, but my sister, I'm like, I need you to go every three months because you're 42 and we're not taking any chances. Right. And so, um, so I, it plays on your mind. If you don't have a strong mind, it will beat you down because mm -hmm. there were times I would look at my children and that was my real source of strength other than Charles and my family. Um, I knew, okay, I didn't want them to see me in these states, uh, but they were determined that right. they were mm -hmm. to see me in mm -hmm. these states. It was times they would come in the and I'll be laying flat down on the floor. I had passed out. They would have to get me off the floor. There were times mm -hmm. I couldn't walk. They would have to carry me. And I mean, from me watching me lose 90 pounds in about six months, I went to um, Viden six times and they put me on the hospice floor every time, expecting me to die. Wow. And every he came with me and he said, You're walking out when I walk out, which means I didn't have a choice but to fight. Right. He's saying he's not leaving without me. And so uh, I fight through this. And I, I mean, Sometimes they would have 25 different bags of medication right. lined up, get me, my body back to where I can start fighting again. And then one time my um, levels went so far down that they had to put me in a little room, a little square room where nobody could enter because, yeah, point, because my numbers were so low. If I came into contact with someone and they had anything, a cough would have killed me. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it was because of the chemo. It, I mean, that chemo is... Yeah, I heard it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Right. But God had already told me, I'm taking you through it. And he already said, I had to go through every symptom. I had every single side effect of every single medication. Duke said they have never seen anybody like me in their life to have wow. every single symptom. And I told him, y'all don't understand, God has me doing this. This isn't something I'm doing. This isn't something y'all doing. God said I have to do this so that I can help everybody. And in order for me to help any woman that comes to me, I have to know what they're going to go through. Right. And so each when I say each one, I took it. I came out whether I was walking, whether they was pushing me out, I came out. And so right. psychologically, I never, with my mama being strong-minded, she didn't even let people who talk negative stay around me. If you didn't have encouraging words, she pushed you away. If you came right. to me crying, she pushed you away. My right. mom made me stay at her house. I had to move out of my apartment because she didn't want people coming by with negativity. She didn't mm. want her to see me and they'd be there trying to take care of me because Charles was gone the first year. Mm. And um. And so I stayed with my mom and dad and they monitored who had who had, you know, the right to see me. And and they just didn't let that negativity anywhere around me. And I know that helped me out a lot psychologically. Because once you get in the realm of, oh, this is hard. Oh, I ain't mm -hmm. gonna make 
first I ain't gonna make it, it's gonna set you up for failure. Right. So once you you can't make it mentally, your body is gonna follow. And mm -hmm. so in those moments, I cry a little bit and I go, Oh no, you messed with the wrong one. You got <laughs> and I got yeah. tough. And um, so I I psychologically I went with positivity. Right. I, I positivity. I smile when I see people. I gave hugs, the whole nine. I didn't let cancer think it was going to beat me. Right, right. So we had to protect her from herself because as she said, somebody wanting to hug her, you can't be hugging everybody and you be fighting cancer. Right. So I'm she was like, okay, you know, <laughs> they couldn't hug her. So yeah. Maybe another time, but right now, yeah. you know, she can't do yeah. all that. You had, you had to be the uh, the FBI, the ECI agent, right? <laughs> Security. Secret us. service, yeah, secret service. Your parents were there, you know, every day in the week. So I I came every weekend, you know, and during the summer I came like on, on Friday. I would leave like mm -hmm. Thursday night or Thursday, so help relieve them because right. they still have to live too. Right, 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 right. But, you know, you know that their parents they are. Extra involved in the community, in the Everywhere. church, Everywhere. Uh, and no one seems to understand. This is one thing that, as and I'm sure you probably know it, but no one really understands that you are so involved in other things mm -hmm. that you life and things happen in your life. Right, you got to take things within your life. They think that oh, you're oh, they're always going to be available. No, they got to deal with their you know stuff going on in their family. They got to deal with their family issues. Exactly. Exactly. I try to make sure I was there for them as well, and you know, give them what a break. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and then, as you said, you know, that first year, you know, I was there every weekend. I slept on the couch, make sure she was, you know, she took yeah. care. Of. But then, eventually, said, you know what? This is too much. Right. I moved to Greenville. Okay. And we okay. Put apartment, and and we stayed there to make sure she was all right. Make sure you know everything she needed was taken care of. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now you, you see, now we talk about the mental. So Charles this is directed towards you. So you see the frailness of this, this woman you met how many, how long before, maybe like a year or two before she was diagnosed. Yeah. You see yes. This woman from this point to this point, you know, her body just is, you know, like you said, she lost 90 pounds mm -hmm. psychologically. How did that affect you? Like, I know you, you know you got God's strength, but we still of the flesh. Right. How how did you stay strong for April? Well, I'm gonna be Tell honest. About the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you remember. Um, okay, I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna let him. Okay, know. okay. <laughs> he like you said, he was strong. Every time he came to me, he was strong. Right. He never let me see him down at all. Okay. He okay. said that I'm in charge. Right. We got this. Everything is fine. And then one weekend, he decided to let me go and visit him at his home in Fayetteville. Mm -hmm. And he's a very clean person. Mm -hmm. Like he clothes in a certain spot, everything, you know, neat. And when I got there, the whole house was in a mess. Um, and so I said, there's dishes in the sink. <laughs> clothes on the floor. Mm -hmm. Your 
And so I said, when you come home, you break down. And mm -hmm. he started, he says, when he comes home, that gives him the chance to just take everything that he just went through with me and release mm -hmm. it. And wow. so that's when I knew what I was doing was really, really bothering him. Right. But now I'm tell. Okay. <laughs> she, she is correct. Um, I, I cannot deny it. It manifests in a, in a way in which normally, if you don't know the individual, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't realize it. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you deal with the public and you're you know in the public a lot. We know how to put the face on. Right. So no one sees it. Mm -hmm. But when you're home alone, that's when either you got to find some type of outlet. Right. And I'm so thankful for April that even when she was going through you know, especially the beginning part of, of the cancer diagnosis, she was there. Right, you gotta find an outlet. You gotta find something that you you know that you can do. Right. You know, I I have my friends I play with online. You know, I would talk to them mm -hmm. as a one. So and that was an outlet for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was you know able to have you know a, a support system. Right. And that also you know showed me. That even as I was dealing with things, that means the the boys were dealing with things as well. Right. They may not have you know said anything. They may not have, but they still were trying to process the fact that their mom is is battling breast cancer. Right. Their mom is is taking these treatments. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad, you know, of course, they all you know they're superhuman. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but we have you know. At that point, with 14 and 15 year old boys who are, are so used to mom being a super mom right. and being always being there, it took a lot out of them as well. Right. So that allowed us to focus mm -hmm. first being transparent with myself, seeing how it affected me. Mm -hmm. I know it was affecting them. So open up the lines of communication so that we can talk about it, they can share how they're feeling. You know, we couldn't shoot them from everything. Right. They, some things that we could show them from, we, we try our best to. Mm -hmm. So we process so much. Right. But we also was there to answer their questions, answer their concerns, and let them know mom's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow. That's that's awesome, man. And like you said, uh, I appreciate your transparency. You know, letting people know we, 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 we do have a support in God and we do have a support right. with our neighbor, but we still have the flesh and, you, right. and we we gonna have moments of vulnerability internally yeah. where we just gotta be like, ah, just you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you gotta hit a wall. Yeah. You gotta you gotta let it out sometime. You know, and um, man, you know I appreciate your transparency because you know some people sit up here with a chest stuck out like ah, it didn't bother me, and I'm like you know, dude, at some point, man, something's gonna hit you. You know, yeah. one, one way or the other. You know, it, it, it's the, sometimes it's not that 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 chin check sometimes that gut punch right it take you to the ground you know what i'm saying you might have a strong chin but that that gut punch you like ah you know <laughs> but yeah so so um so you know i know you guys mentioned the boys Let, let's talk about the boys for a second i i know um you you came in the picture you said the boys is already a little older charles when you when you met april mm -hmm. but 
you know, uh, coming into the relationship, you know, being, you know, that, that step-parent. I've been a step-parent before. And then having to deal with the boys and be that father when April not able to be that mother, how mm -hmm. how how did that dynamics between you two, how do you guys keep keep that intact as well? Because you're battling you battling a bunch of bunch of issues health wise, but then you're dealing with teenagers, which I already right. know how that operates. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so how did y'all manage that with with the ailing wife and you being the new kid on the block per se? You know what I'm saying? How did y'all manage that? And look, that's who, whichever one you want to start then. <laughs> Often, I'm really able to chime in. Um, I will say this, and I'll, and I'll say it to anybody. I am very thankful um, for their father, Peter. Um, he was very supportive. Mm -hmm. when he, I was there to help take care, take care of April and take care of the boys in, in this transition. He gave me 100% support. Okay. So anything that I needed, if I, you know, if the boys want to be unruly or whatever, he will help get them in line. Mm -hmm. So we co-parent and we've done, and I'm thankful we've done an excellent job because I, I don't think they give me too much trouble. Gotcha. Um, I, I love them. I love them definitely. Love both of them. Right. <laughs> but I, I will say he is, he has made the job very easy. Gotcha. So is there, cause there is no challenge. There is, and the way he, he views it and I'll view it the same way. It takes a village to raise, especially raise a man. Right. And when he may not be there physically, He's still there supporting and supporting the decisions that, that are being made because he knows I'm looking out for the best interests. Gotcha. 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 Well, that looks so easier for us um, yeah. to be supportive. And he also will call. I mean, he still calls, you know, hey, how's everything going? Mm -hmm. You know, how's April? And we we talk and everything's fine. Make sure the boys are fine. Um, that they have an outlet, they have multiple outlets that they can fill and share whatever mm -hmm. maybe. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's 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 truly a blessing right there. <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of people don't can't have that that co-parenting thing, you know. And it's and like you said, I think if if that would if a lot of people would follow that suit, the world would be a better place. <laughs> you just figure out how to co-parent. So so April, you look, you 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 had it going on. You you got everybody, everybody on your team, you know, everybody. Like everybody coming to coming to, to make sure that you're good. That's awesome, and so so that that took a lot of pressure from you in your healing process. You didn't have all the extra extra dramas and, and things that most people have to face. Right. Well, for some reason, God really loved me because He gave me two sons. <laughs> mm -hmm. that they have. I've never. They've never been on punishment. Mm -hmm. Like they've never had been in. Any type of trouble in school, mm. students they like their manners are one like I couldn't ask for two better children, mm -hmm. um, and I I like to say it's because of the communication. I've always been really really honest and open and told them they can always come and right. talk. But um, as far as Charles, they wanted Charles as a daddy faster than that. Charles wanted probably sons. They were ready. <laughs> <laughs> they have a dad in the house. I awesome. mean, they welcomed him. They even told me if I did something wrong, I could go. They stand with Charles. That's how much they they like. We're gonna go with whoever's right. If you wrong, we stand with Mister Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I 
they have loved him from day one. That's and good. Um, the fact that I think me and my parents really pushed, you're going to respect adults and, right. you know, you stay in your place and we're going to, you know, allow you to be yourself, but mm-hmm. you're not going to just be out here doing anything. So they really haven't given us too many problems. So when Charles came for them, it was, he's taking care of mommy. We're mm-hmm. going to love him more now and respect him even more now because right. he care of mommy. Um, even with me going to the hospital and being in there two weeks, they could never come upstairs because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they knew, okay, Mr. Charles, we're going to trust that you're going to bring our mommy home. And right. every time they trusted him, they would walk me to the car, put me in the car, and they see me with Mr. Charles. And so they knew, you know, and they'll call and say, Mr. Charles, you got your food here. Well, mommy's bringing you food. Roro's bringing you food, you know. So, <laughs> right. And so they just made sure. And when we're home, when we're resting, um, when I had the treatment, they knew he was tired from being up with me. So they took care of both of us. Wow. Every minute, they would come in and say, Mr. Charles, you need anything? Mommy, you need anything? And on the nights or the days he had to work, they both took Hunter, sat with me in the daytime during the mm-hmm. summer. They sat with me all night. So they took 12 hours of peace to make sure. I was fine and I was taken care of. Like I, when I say my support team was phenomenal, mm-hmm. they all were phenomenal when it came to making sure my needs was met um, as a family. Gotcha. And so I, I I appreciate them, but they do have triggers one day because my hair still hasn't grown out. And so um, one day I was walking in the house and I just threw on a, a hospital gown because I got hot. Oh. Right, and so me thinking, oh, I'm just chilling at the house. But when Chase saw me, it triggered him, mm-hmm. and it took me having cancer. And I looked in his face, and I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "Mommy, take that off. Please take that off." And I realized I can't just throw on a, ha- a hospital gown and no hair and walk around because right. it's it's gonna, you know, yes. take him. And I was really sick, and so. Little things like that I try not to do. Because um, mm-hmm. I know even though they were super strong, they had triggers. And, right. you know, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be reliving what we've already been victorious in. Yeah. Speaking of triggers, I'm going to go back a little bit. Okay. We Look, Charles, one of her, one of her boys was about to be born in the cafeteria with me taking her <laughs> to the emergency room. I was working at the hospital at that time. I think it was the youngest one. Yeah, Chase. <laughs> the youngest one. And I said, dude, don't come out on me right now. Give me <laughs> give me about five more minutes. <laughs> labor and delivery. So that was a trick. That was just a trigger for me talking about her sons. Cause like I said, I remember one of them was in the carriage in the emergency room when they came in and she like, I ain't gonna make it. I said, yeah, you are. You gonna make it. <laughs> You gonna make it? Look, we was by the cafeteria. She talking about, I ain't gonna make. It. I said, you gonna make it today? I said, I'll get five, five more minutes. What they say, Lord or let look, look, Lord, feet don't fail me now. I, right. I think that's probably the fastest I got from emergency room to L and D ever. I think I broke. I ran a full flat that day. <laughs> I would have beat prime time that day. <laughs> 
Because she, boy, she let out that, that holler. We got to that capital. I'll never forget. I said, man, we got to get you to this L&D quick. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, the experience been, been good for you guys with, you know, with the support, you know, I, the ordeal. I can't even imagine. I never been through that. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I just threw the the ball for you, you know, just, just going through that and enduring and, and able to come here and share your story. Because like you said, you know, it, it's a, it's a testimony, but your testimony is going to help somebody else get through their test. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, I, I appreciate you guys coming through here, telling a little, you know, tell them a little bit what you're going on. So um, April, the big question. Okay. Are you cancer free now? Absolutely. I am cancer free. I've been cancer free since November the 22nd. November the 22nd. I've been cancer free. Big clap, big yes. clap, big clap. Look, I don't have a clap machine, but we could clap, we could clap in person. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so I for my blood work um but about a month ago. Okay. And blood work was good. Okay. Um, okay. Everything was perfect. And so I um I don't have to have any more tests for another six months. Okay. And I know kind of scary for people who have been in remission to to go and get those tests to see if you're still cancer free. Because right. um, right. honestly, out of the people that I know, I'm the only one right now who cancer hasn't come back. Wow. Um, and um, but I when I went in and they told me I had cancer, I said cut them off, cut both the breasts off because my mom had it came back seven times. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Because she kept taking a lump. They were doing the lump lump it lump destiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just go in and take out where they think the cancer is. Mm-hmm. And then back in two years, and guess what? Oh, we didn't get it all. So uh, now we have more. And so I was not gonna put myself through that. I said mm-hmm. cut them off. I said, <laughs> me anyway, so I don't even right. need them. Right, right, and right. That was in November when they cut them completely off. And okay. so the doctor came, she said, guess what? You're cancer free. And I said, okay, so, but during that time, they tried to die. They said they thought I had thyroid yeah, cancer. Yeah. And um, I had to get a biopsy for that one. And um. Okay. I had, they diagnosed me with probably 20 different things during the time I had chemo. But every time I went to the doctor, there was something else. Wow. So was that from the reactions of the chemo? Oh, yeah. So everything that was going on after was reactions from the chemo. Mm -hmm. Right. And there was misdiagnosing the symptoms because they want to have all the side effects Mm -hmm. from all the medicines. When you have all the side effects, the average doctor, and I'm on, you know, this no harm against the doctors because you know they learn, they do what he's yeah, yeah, yeah. They look at what is the most prominent side effect, right? As normal. Mm-hmm. But when you have an individual with like April who is special and all by herself, <laughs> she all the symptoms. Oh, so seeing the wow. symptoms, well, this symptom goes with this, this symptom goes with that, but. It was just symptoms from the, from the medicine. Right. Yeah, all of it. I mean, I my arm was paralyzed. 
at one point because of the um chemo. I was in the hospital for that. And I mean, when I say everything from mouth sores mm -hmm. to um my skin peeled mm -hmm. off, mm -hmm. um I um my heart, my heart started dying. Like the medicine was so strong, they I had to start and I still had to see a heart doctor to make sure I had I, I think my heart is at 50% now. Oh wow. Um so so while we look, so while we on this right now, could you explain a little bit about chemo and, and just a day of how that you know that process? Can you tell them about okay. that a little bit real quick? Sure. You go in and they take your labs first mm -hmm. to see what's going on with your blood to see if you got enough potassium and uh, magnesium, everything. And so mm -hmm. after that, you to a machine. Here is my port. Okay. And um, they put this in and um, what it is, so I don't have to get stuck by a needle every time I go to the doctor. They just stick the needle in here. But this okay. line from here, all the way, you see that line right there on my neck? Okay. It's, it's in here. Okay. So the okay. When, that, when you sit for chemo, they stick the needle in here. Mm -hmm. And then at first, I started with eight hours of chemo. Wow. And it's four different medicines that I would have to be on. They give you a Benadryl just in case you're allergic and you can't run them together. So if one of them is for 45 minutes, they run one medicine, then they run another one and then another one. The thing is on that day, and they pump you full of fluid. So you'd be really, really swollen. Right. But you don't get your side, like the side effects doesn't happen for three days. So okay. leave that day, you're fine. Mm -hmm. It's that third day is when your stomach gets extremely nauseous gotcha. and you're living up every probably 10, 15 minutes. You're throwing up. You can't eat. Um, you're sleeping. Um, my eyesight, I almost went blind. Um, oh. That was from the chemo. Um, couldn't walk the bottom of my feet. Mm -hmm. were, I lost every single fingernail and toenail. Like the whole nail bed came completely off my hand. Wow. Um, as far as my insides, oh Lord, I, they messed my insides all up. Like the chemo just literally just killed the insides mm -hmm. of my. Like when I went for my surgery, it was supposed to take eight hours, took 18 mm -hmm. because my body was so damaged and they were having to find um, veins and arteries that were able to be used because everything in me was so damaged from the chemo. Um, chemo is very, very, very hard on a body. And they gave me one called Taxotere. Mm -hmm. And when that taxes you, because it literally is like one of the strongest chemos you can take. Mm -hmm. And um, literally, I think it would start at my feet and it would take about two weeks for it to run its course through my body because I had to do it every 21 days. So my feet would be hot, and then you could you can tell where the chemo was killing whatever mm -hmm. my body and whatever part of the body was at that part of my body was extremely hot. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I got to my head, my head would be so hot that I could melt like a bag of ice in like two minutes. Wow, we literally had to put ice in bags and put it on her head mm -hmm. to try to cool it down. Um, 
they had the, the ice, we had the freezer was rotating. Right. We had the ice packs, uh-huh. the freezer, well, one's on her head. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was Milton was switching. And that was going on constantly. Headaches, horrible uh-huh. head. I, I, I mean, couldn't stand. I uh-huh. would stand up, fall right over. He was catching. He, he should have had a little cord on me or something. <laughs> I would fall down the steps. I mean, I literally, it was like I couldn't see. I'm blurred. My head is hurting. No, I couldn't eat. I couldn't walk. It was just like a whole bunch of cake, but I'm smiling. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's serious, man. I, I did, like I said, I'm, I'm glad you're here to share it with me because I'm learning a lot too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that, that, that's a lot, you know, and um, so you said it was every 21 days. Well, how long, what, what was the length of period of time did you have to endure this? I had to do six. Well, they told me it was six treatments okay. of chemo. Okay. And so you go every 21 days. But what mm-hmm. I did is it, it was just six treatments of that taxatier. Right. I still had chemo for a whole nother year and I had no clue. I didn't even know I was still on chemo, but I was still really sick. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Y'all said, you know, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. sick. Then, <clears throat> that's when the whole, well, most people don't get sick off of this this chemo drug, mm-hmm. but you happen to still get every symptom. So it didn't matter that um they took me off the taxi field. The Herceptin was kicking my butt. The Progetta was kicking my butt. It, all of it was kicking my butt. So, and I've been in it for twenty one days since I've I've not stopped my twenty one days yet. I'm still every week, every three weeks I go for treatments, and um. Now I'm just down to, it's called a Lupron shot. And what that does is take all the estrogen out of my body because my okay. cancer is estrogen-based. Okay. And as long as I have estrogen in my body, the, ke- the cancer can't grow back. Okay. And that's important for people to know what type of cancer they have and what feeds their cancer. Because okay. you, you can't go, oh, well, mine is sugar-related. Because some people think sugar gives them cancer. I could eat all the candy I want. Mm-hmm. That would have affected me. But if I had estrogen in my body, that's what, what would have killed me. Wow. And had um my birth control. That's what started it. When I got on birth control after Chase, mm-hmm, <laughs> I was so that they were putting extra estrogen in my body. That's what made the cancer so fed it so fast because I had all that estrogen from the um the de- I what was it uh, um that you I was it UID IUD IUD okay I, yeah mm-hmm. wow. and um so once I said take it out and yeah. I said I'll I'll tell any female don't get on birth control because I had no clue that doing that was putting more um, hormones in my body, and that's what triggered my cancer. Wow. It was like I was, I was what a cancer dreamed. And right. anybody right. has that cancer who has um, birth control, that's the cancer's dream. You're gonna feed it. Mm. Yeah. So now so I definitely, just, yeah, definitely check. Look, you're, look, go every six months instead of a year if you're on birth control, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah, look, we wrapping up on time here. But okay. um, 
Well, what I want to do is real quick. I'm gonna start with you, Charles. And um, I like I like for you to drop some nuggets to an individual that's going through what you've been through to help them endure what they're going through. Okay. Um, the first thing I will always say, um, if you're part of the support system for someone that's going through something as traumatic as cancer. It doesn't actually have to be cancer, it could be anything. But you're a part of that support system. Always make sure you have an outlet for yourself as well. Because we can pour all we want into the individual, but when you're out of juice and there's nothing left to pour out, you can't pour anything else into them. Mm -hmm. So you have, you have an outlet so that way you can be poured into as well. So you're not running on empty. Because what happens at that point, you start getting a little snappy, you know, mm -hmm. little issues things there you mean well but your body and your mind has been taxed to the limit mm -hmm. you can't do but so much eventually your body's going to start shutting down and then you're going to worry about being sick or you you know exposable to you know anything that happened to you so right. always make sure you have a you know an outlet for yourself as well and be open um that's one thing I, I'm, I'm thankful for our relationship that we have you know with April where when she came to the house and saw that it was in disarray, mm -hmm. and she knew that's me. Mm -hmm. She knew how, you know, I keep everything in a certain order. She knew that it was bothering me. She saw the signs. Right. You got to, you know, if you need to take time off, take a week off, or or not come on this weekend, it's all right. And she gave me that consent and told me, oh, it's, it's all right. You don't have to come every weekend. But being the person that I am, I was still there. You're still right, right, right. <laughs> It was good to know that I, I wasn't obligated. I didn't have to. Right. If I needed time to take a break or a, a time to get away, I knew I had her support if I needed to take that break and then come back. Right. Well, it's something I think is very, very important. And that's that will give the person the strength to go the long haul. Okay. Because it's easy to run, you know, quick distance with, you know, cancer or any type of, you know, illness of that nature. That's a marathon. Right, right, right. You got to be prepared for the long when that second wind come in, get me prepared for when you don't feel you have any energy left, still got to pick the feet up and put right. them back down. On. And that's where you have the, you know, that strength comes from. Gotcha. Wow. Appreciate that. That was very encouraging, brother. All right, April, your turn. Someone that's going through <laughs> what you've been through. Give them a little, give them a little nugget. Okay. Um, If you are battling breast cancer, the first thing I would do is make sure your mental health is where it needs to be. Make sure your relationship with your God is where it needs to be because you're going to need help spiritually. You're going to need help mentally to fight this thing physically. Never, ever give up on you. Remember that you are worth this fight. You fight this thing and you don't let cancer think that you're scared of it. You stand and you let cancer know, I ain't scared. You ain't going to run me. I'm going to show you. I'm going to win this fight. I'm a warrior. I'm not a warrior. You're not going not to do what you want with me. I'm going to do what I want with you. And be strong. And in those moments that you need to be weak, be, be weak. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's, a, it's okay to lay down. It's, a, it's okay to take a break. 
it's okay to not even think about cancer for a couple of days because thinking about it too much, that's going to get you down. Have a life. One thing I did when that chemo hit me and it finally let me go for that one week, I had seven days and I made the best. I When I said I did everything I could in those seven days, I, if I could eat one grape, I ate one grape. If I went to the park, if I walked, I did something to remind me that I was living and I was still here. I was determined not to sit here and lay down and let this thing beat me. And so I would say fight. If I was going to give you one word, it would be fight. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I appreciate you guys coming up here sharing. It's been a it's been an eye opener for myself, like because some of the stuff <clears throat> I see you guys, you guys very transparent on Facebook, but <laughs> the, the details you guys sharing today, though, you know, I appreciate that because that's that's you know we can see a picture, but we don't know the details of that picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, uh-huh. and um, so yeah, man, that's just it's been enlightening to myself, you know, because. I've been following you guys' journey throughout Facebook and, and seeing what's going on. And um, just you guys' transparency and encouragement to others. You know, I'm definitely, I definitely know it's going to help someone, somewhere in this audience and across the nation, you know. But um, I, I salute to you guys. I, I thank, thank you a bunch for coming out here and sharing your story because mm-hmm. a lot of people going through it. And a lot of people, like you said, they don't have a Charles in their life mm-hmm. and they don't have the fight that you have April. And it's like, you know, you guys can be that, 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 that they could just listen to this testimony. And then they like, well, I don't have them personally, but these two mm-hmm. pushing me through, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so thank you guys for coming. And then, um, man, I, look, I'm, I'm about speechless. But uh, <laughs> but um, but I'm about to I'm about to end this show. But um, but yeah, as uh, I always say, people, hey, look out for each other in the community. Take care of each other. Um, hey, before I go to, I gotta say, R.I.P. to my boy Gene. Hey, miss you, brother. You know, um, it's been a tough month without you, but we 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 still striving. I'm still here, brother. But um. You know, I'm the real Charlemagne. Don't forget to support me on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram. You can listen to the show on Spotify and iPod. I mean, iTunes podcast. And then also you could uh, watch it on YouTube. So, hey, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Till next time, this is the real Charlemagne, Brick City. Peace. <laughs>